I want to personally invite you to join me and all the other Brock stars for this year's 13th live and in-person plant stock event outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the little town of Black Mountain. It's 1,500 acres is loaded with wildlife, trees, trails, streams. It is a nature wonderland. And what's also a wonderland are all the incredible speakers that you get to hang with all weekend long, like Jane and Ann Esselstyn, Dr. Will Bolshewitz of Fiberfueled, Carly Bodrug, Miss Plant U, Dr. Gemma Newman is over from the UK. We have Dr. Don Musalem from the Mayo Clinic, John Mackey, the ex-CEO of Whole Food Market Stores, myself, Brian Hart, and a special appearance by the Plant Bros. Here's the kicker. All these Brock stars are there from Friday till Sunday, and they want to rub elbows with all of you, whether it's over buffets of Plant Strong Fair for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's going on an afternoon hike, a swim, pickleball, frisbee golf, kickball, cornhole, dancing. We're having live music. It's all there in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Plant Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plant Stock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there. Hey, Plant Strong family. It is officially soup season, which means it is hot in our house, especially around the stove top, because we love, especially as we head into the weekends, cooking up some sort of a stew or chili or soup. I've been recently making a corn chowder, a sweet potato corn chowder, in fact, using our sweet corn broth as the base. And I'm telling you right now, our family could eat it every day for the rest of 2022. It is that good. Um, In case you guys didn't know it, we have four unsalted organic no added sugar, no added oil, plant-strong culinary broths that have the best distinct flavors that can elevate each and every one of your favorite recipes. For example, my wife Jill loves using our Spanish-style sofrito broth. It's got all these great aromatics of onions and garlic, roasted peppers as the base for a chili recipe that she's been making. And it really gives like nuance to each and every bowl. So if you guys love broths as much as I do, you can pick up a sampler pack at plantstrongfoods.com today. I see everything I do as a spiritual practice. So essentially I want my soul or whatever it is that animates me, that desire to create, I want it to connect stronger with the computer, which I would consider the computer of a car, which is my mind. And then I basically want to uh, connect the neurons within my mind to the motor units of my muscles. And I want to strengthen the electrical connection throughout my body. So I figure the more control over the motor units of my muscles and my body that I have, that my mind has access to, the more they they are electrified and the more I, I have feedback from them, the more I will be able to do and the more I'll be able to set myself free and essentially just create the feeling of a lucid dream. I want to be able to feel what it feels like to fly in a dream, but while I'm awake. 
I'm Rip Esselstyn, and welcome to the Plan Strong podcast. The mission at Plan Strong is to further the advancement of all things within the plant-based movement. We advocate for the scientifically proven benefits of plant-based living and envision a world that universally understands, promotes, and prescribes plants as a solution to empowering your health, enhancing your performance, restoring the environment, and becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Plan Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, we have got an absolute doozy of a conversation for you today. This one really to me was one for the record books because what this what this guy can do is almost otherworldly and he does it by fueling himself with plants. He has not only fascinating stories and philosophies on life, love and nutrition and compassion, but he also thinks in a very unorthodox way that to me I find so incredibly refreshing and compelling and inspirational all at the same time. And everything that that this gentleman does, his name is Raymond. And if you want to go see, actually, I insist that you go to either Instagram or TikTok and you put in the Nudnik, N-O-O-D-N-I-C-K. And you need to watch some of this artistic calisthenics that he does so you can appreciate it ahead of listening to this conversation. But I can tell you that this was such a breath of fresh air talking with Raymond and to see somebody that is seeking out love every second of the day. And I really hope that you're going to enjoy this as much as I did. In the meantime, just hang on, (laughs) hang on to your hats and get ready to be blown away by Raymond. All right, hey R- Raymond, it's a pleasure to uh, to see you, to you know get to get to know you a little bit. You are a you're a very unique man with a lot of unique passions that I really want to dive into today with you. And I love people that aren't following the status quo and follow and blaze their own path. And you have done that in absolute spades. And it's like, it's almost like it's one of your missions in life is to do stuff that very few people do because it just seems to resonate with you. So <laughs> does that, does that all sound uh, about right? As, as best way to describe me as, as I could ever hope for. I, I really appreciate it being described that way. Absolutely. That is, that's what I live for. Now, I almost want to say that so we're going to put some videos of your art form in the show notes. People also feel free to go to TikTok or Instagram because to me, I don't really want you, the listener, to listen to the conversation that you are, you and I are about to have here for the next hour or so until they can see with their own eyes the art form that you perform in a way and I, I could be wrong here, but you tell me, 
Is there anyone on the planet that you know of that does what you do as, as artistically and as flowingly? They, they do it a bit differently than I do. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say yes or no to that. Uh, just, I, I do things a bit differently and I'm not too aware of people who do things the same way that I do. I'm, I'm, I'm in no way the best, but I'm, I'm definitely one of a kind in, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that I know of, at least in the way that I, I do these things and certainly doing them the way that I do them in, in public. Yeah. Well, and you, and you do things that, again, people, you, you need to go stop right now and go and either go into the show notes or go tell me right now, just so people, where can they go to see you performing this art form? They could see me on Instagram at the Nudnik, on TikTok at the Nudnik, or on YouTube at the Nudnik. So I, I make things a bit differently for all three platforms. Okay. So that's your homework assignment. Go do that right now and then come back in about five, 10 minutes. Okay. So with that being said, I mean, um, you defy gravity. You do things that I'm, I'm watching going, okay, there's got to be ropes or strings <laughs> that, are, that are attached to his his ankles, his arms, his neck. I mean, please. I appreciate I, that. No, really. I mean, I, I cannot even imagine, Raymond, the amount of time and energy and resources and mental, mental fortitude that you've put into be becoming a one of a kind at this craft. What do you call this craft that you do? I call it calisthenics, but specifically artistic calisthenics. So it's it's a branch off of body weight exercise. So, you know, anytime you're doing push-ups or for a number of reps or sets, I would consider that a body weight exercise. Calisthenics is once you take body weight exercises to, you know, and focus on art, art or skill of the movement that you're performing. And then what I do is it's just strictly artistic calisthenics. So I'm just only focused on the flow patterns and the ability to move seamlessly, however my mind sees fit, however my soul desires, essentially. <laughs> right. How did you decide? All right, Raymond, you know what? This is a pretty cool, pretty cool, like passion uh, project that I want to like dive into as deep as any human being ever has. Like, what was the lightning bolt that struck you and made that happen? Well, it, it all started originally when I was uh, 13 years ago, uh, 13 years old. So 27 years ago, I just I just wanted to climb trees. I've always been obsessed with kind of like experiencing the feel of like a lucid dream in my waking life. So I wanted to just sprint up trees as fast as I could. And I just I wasn't strong enough yet. So I had to get stronger with pull ups. And then I went more into that. And then I realized it's kind of people enjoy seeing little party tricks and fun ways where you defy gravity. So that was fun in my uh, teenage years. And then I went into all the general fitness modalities, all the weightlifting modalities, all that. And then uh, I had a bit of a career in, in fighting, particularly grappling. And uh, what is that? I have no idea what that is. It's, it's uh, like MMA, but without the punching and kicking. Cause I like, I like my brain. I don't want to, I don't want to get a uh, traumatic brain injury. So I f it's all the strangulations and joint locks and all of that. And uh, I did that. And I always used calisthenics in the background because I just, I enjoyed the body weight strength. I enjoyed the ability to control my body and it carried over well into my sport. 
And then when the lockdown happened, I was like, yeah, I'm going to put my stuff out there and focus on that. And luckily it connected with people and, you know, it, it worked out well. So l- let me go back for a second on grappling. So is grappling a form of wrestling? Essentially, it's it's wrestling, but with without the objective to pin your opponent, rather than uh, pinning your opponent or holding them on your, on their back. Your your objective is to either strangle or apply a joint lock and get your opponent to submit, and uh, and and the match. And how do you submit? Do you say uncle? <laughs> yeah, basically, you just you usually tap. You can do uh, verbal submission if your hands aren't accessible, or you know you could usually just tap. Generally, it's done as a a tap, and the ref will stop it. All right, so you switch to this, what are we calling it again? Artistic? Just calisthenics is fine. Well, come on, dude, that, that you're, you're <laughs> underselling it. I mean, to me, True. it's like, let's, I think we need to call it like, um, let's think of something really cool. For, <laughs> I mean, Cirque du Soleil in public. Okay, it, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, this Cirque du Soleil stuff. So when did you start doing your Cirque du Soleil stuff? So uh, I always did it in the background. So for the past 27 years, I did it a lot. I did uh, primarily what I call like the meathead version of it. So just like handstand push-ups, weighted pull-ups, you know, muscle-ups, things like that, like pulling myself above and below the bar. Which is not easy to do. I mean, I, I can't do it. I consider myself a pretty spectacular athlete, and I, I can't even come close to doing that. I can do, a, I can do pull-ups, but I, I, you, you have to show me the technique. <laughs> it's uh it's very similar like the rings are the best way to understand it so like rings people struggle with the technique because rings are so much more technical than say uh, a bar a bar is more really just explosive strength and dynamic effort but rings there's all sorts of things you could do with like proper grips hooking the rings there which will shorten the the length of your arm give you a little bit more of a uh a mm. physics advantage, things like uh, keeping tight elbows. That's why I loved uh, rings, particularly when I was grappling, because grappling was all about separating the elbow from the body and uh, and the hollow body position. So it's spinal alignment, uh, what position your spine is in to shorten your body and make you stronger and activate your core more. You know, on a muscle up on the rings, you can bring your elbows very tight during the transition phase, which is difficult when you move from below the rings to above the rings. And uh, by keeping your elbows tight, you'll actually connect the the, the tricep to the lat. And um, it, it just makes it a lot easier. Whenever you connect your body, you create structure and it just, you're far stronger. So much of what I do is entirely skill-based. And, you know, I'd love to talk about that more because I'm, I'm obsessed with the skill of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it seems to me too, like you have a sense of body awareness that is is so incredibly honed and and precise and you know exactly what's going on it seems like with every every little you know bone muscle you know in in your body and what are you activating what are you not activating when are you pushing when are you pulling i mean it is spectacular to watch I probably watched a hundred of your videos. Oh my God. I'm so honored. Thank and, and you. I'm just going, Oh my gosh, this guy has, has such a, a handle on his body. So, I mean, so is that something that you are like, are you honing that like even now after however many yes. years? Yes. 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 Absolutely. It's, it's an ongoing process. The, the best way that I describe it is um, I, I see what I do. I, I see everything I do as a spiritual practice. So, Essentially, I want my soul or whatever it is that animates me, that desire to create, I want it to 
connect stronger with the computer, which I would consider the computer of a car, which is my mind. And then I basically want to uh, connect the neurons within my mind to the motor units of my muscles. And I want to strengthen the electrical connection throughout my body. So I figure the more control over the motor units of my muscles and my body that I have, that my mind has access to, the more they, they are electrified and the more I, I have feedback from them, the more I will be able to do and the more I'll be able to set myself free and essentially just create the feeling of a lucid dream. I want to be able to feel what it feels like to fly in a dream, but while I'm awake. And it, it really does, like a lot of the things I do feel incredibly similar. And it one of the greatest things that I ever did to strengthen that that mind-body connection was um, I film everything that I do. And it's it's not just this uh, incessant need to post on social media or show off the art form. The main reason why I film everything, even the warm-ups, is at all times I'm trying to create a synesthesia effect within me. So what that does is while I watch what I do, not only do I want to see myself incrementally improving and just looking for just the slightest micro adjustments and studying any little thing that will make me somewhat better, just basically a grain of sand forming the beach is what I'm trying to do when I'm filming myself is just and believe that that, that the sand is piling up because you know, our, our heads and the way that we, we narrate our lives and, and experience our lives, it's not always honest. So I like to see what I'm doing and actually start believing and strengthen the belief in myself. But one of the main reasons why I film what I do and I study my film is so I want to create synesthesia. I want my sight to become tactile feel and physical sensation. And I want physical sensation to become a mental sight. So when I'm watching my videos, I, I really... I'm watching them and I try as hard as I can to innervate and feel everything in my body exactly how it would feel when I'm doing it. And then when I'm doing it, I, I the vision is then recreated in my head. So I know exactly what it's gonna look like on camera. I can see my movement patterns just simply from the translation of the feel. And that's, that's not like something special. I had to develop that over time. And really all it comes from is just filming myself and then studying it with the intent to feel it as I'm watching it and vice versa, and then re re reverse that feeling so that when I'm doing things, I can then see the movement in my head as I'm performing it. You so, used the word twice there, synesthesia. I don't know yes. that word. So it, it's, it, it's, it's when senses get uh, cross-mingled cross and confused. So essentially like hearing colors. If you hear a sound, you'll, you'll mentally see a color. Or, you know, like you could you could taste like if, if something you eat gives you a vision anytime senses get crossed. So when I when I use synesthesia, what I'm saying is when I feel something physically, it translates to an image in my head. And what's interesting about it is I actually see it from where the camera is, which I, I find that kind of interesting just because that's how I learned it. And uh, yeah, so basically I want physical sensation to become mental image and vice versa, mental image to become physical sensation. Okay, we're, we're going to come back to that. And you mentioned you kind of lit up when you mentioned skill based and you want to dive back into that. But let me ask you this. So in watching, you know, your videos and you doing your art form, I am deeply impressed with the body that you have created to allow this art form to exist. Because to me, the, the two are very much go, go, go hand in hand. They're very much intertwined. Are you like, okay, you're watching your videos, you're watching your body do its thing. Are you going, I'm liking what I'm seeing? Are you like, yes, this is good? Absolutely. It's that, it's that process of seeing myself change, seeing, believe. I, I just want to see myself 
and believe in myself. Because, I mean, I guess maybe we all are, but I'm certainly inherently negative towards myself. And it just, it, it, it washes away all that negativity, it washes away that self-critical voice. I shouldn't say self-critical because it is good to be self-critical, but that dishonest self-critique that we give ourselves and that I certainly gave myself. So yeah, absolutely. It's seeing is believing and it's, Seeing, seeing that ink again, it, it all boils down to a grain of sand forming this beautiful paradise beach that I'm hoping to continue forever going towards. Yeah, tell, tell um, let everybody know like how tall are you? What's your weight? What do you? What's that? What What does that look like? So I'm I'm six foot two, I'm forty years old, and I weigh 165 pounds. 165. Yes. And so have, have you been 165 for the last 10 years or have you become even leaner? Um, so bef right before, uh, I guess around my 30s, I, I was doing a lot of heavy weightlifting. Like right around when I turned 30, I wanted to be as big as possible. I was, uh, I was 230 at the time, but uh, two not like, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. a lot, it was a lot of muscle, uh, you know, not, not, not as uh you know, like a four pack, not, not the greatest. It was a little sloppy because, you know, none of those, uh, none of those special supplements, but, uh, yeah, I, I can, it, it takes a lot. So I only eat once a day as well as being vegan. And I just want to stay as lean as possible and just have uh, not only just to look a certain way, but I mean, a part of me also believes that fat tissue is hormonal and I just don't want anything negatively impacting me. I don't want any negative hormonal influence. I, I don't want negative gut influence from, you know, I don't want my microbiome to be negatively influenced by the foods I eat. I just, I want to be clean. And also I don't want, so I always work out fasted. I always do these things fast. I don't want anything interfering with the process. I just want to be clean and have nothing as little on me as possible and nothing in me. Yeah. Well, okay. You, so you said a couple things there that we need to talk about. Uh, one, you mentioned that you are, you are vegan. Uh, I'd like to know, like, in your opinion, like, what does that look like? And then also you mentioned that you eat one meal a day. That's also pretty, pretty unique and in keeping with you and, you know, your personality being a, just a unique, <laughs> a unique guy that does his own thing. But before we, we touch upon that, I, I just, I want to dive a little bit more. Sure. So in, in looking at, at a lot of your videos, I noticed that you go through different transformations, for, well, or looks, like your hair. What, like, tell me, <laughs> you know, your, your hair changes, like, you know, it seems like every other month. So is that just something to like, you know, because that's a fun thing to do or or what's going on with your hairdo? <laughs> I, I just, I cut my own hair. I just, <laughs> I, it's, it's again, it's that. I've always had a lot of different hairstyles throughout my life. What I don't are you know. doing now? What are you doing with it right now? I got a, I got the long bun ponytail in the back. All right. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just long hair. It's about, it's about like mid chest length. Um, just been growing it out now for a while. I'll probably keep this for a very long time. I love having long hair. So. Very, very cool. Um, so you, you do all this Cirque du Soleil gymnastics. Do you also do any cardio? Do you feel like that's an important part of what you do or not? I haven't done any cardio for, well, since I can say the last time I did cardio. It was on my birthday in 2020. It was the last time I, uh, I taught grappling in a gym, in a fight gym. So that was the last time I did cardio. It was coming up three years ago pretty soon. So it, it, it probably, I mean, I would imagine with what you're doing and the number of reps and sets and the way you work out that it's probably a pretty darn good cardio workout. It works. And I should mention, I don't do 
any reps, any sets. It's always just trying to put together as many skills as possible. Um, no flexibility, no stretching, no warm up, no nothing. It's just exactly what you see is exactly what I do. Now, hold on, hold on. Because I have seen you do this thing where you go into the splits and you, you know, you touch the floor with your different arms and elbows. So that to me is a form of flexibility that you work on. It is like, so I'll do that at the end of my workouts. I'll do some mobility flow just to, and really all I'm doing is I'm just practicing movement patterns and I'm just trying to, you know, when I can't move through the air anymore, I'm just trying to move seamlessly in the ground. And also because I'm too lazy to do legs and I kind of have chicken legs. So I just, I, I, I just want them to be strong and be able to move wherever I want them to move as opposed to looking a certain way. Well, I am... In, incredibly Im impressed with your flexibility, but that's really interesting that you don't necessarily do no any stretching. Particular. Yeah, just just stuff like that. Exactly what you see on my social media is exactly what I do. Phenomenal. Thank you. <laughs> um, what well, you have a lot of really interesting life philosophies. Yes, and um, that's another thing I want to intertwine in this interview, along with what you do and why you do it and how you do it and you know how it's all skill-based, but also some of your life philosophy. So let me just throw out one. Sure. And then, and then you, um, and then you go off on a little diatribe. So let's start with chasing love. Oh yes. Yes. So my definition of love is the dissolution of time, whatever makes time go away. It's the opposite of fear. Cause when I'm fearful or in an adrenalized state, you know, uh, a second will feel like an hour. I want the opposite. I want an hour to feel like a second. I want to be around people. I love, I want to be doing what I love all the time. And I just want to be focusing on things that make time. I, I want, I want my life to go by as fast as possible essentially, because that means I'm doing a lot of what I love and I'm around people I love. So that's really my philosophy is just the dissolution of time. Be around people that make time go away, do things that make time go away. And so do you try and make that happen on a daily basis? And I would imagine it happens when you're doing your, your Cirque du Soleil, you know, gymnastics flow set, but have you been able to have that ripple into other aspects of your life? Into everything. Yes. Really? Give me an example. How, do, how, like, well, how? <laughs> I, I just, I mean, even if I'm doing a mundane task that I don't want to be doing, there's always the mental freedom. So I just, if, if I can't be physically free and doing things, I, I'll always try to be mentally focused on something that I love, something that passes time in a productive way that's that's better, that, that I feel like I'm enriching my life and just doing my purpose. I only try to be around people that I absolutely adore. I, I'm not, I'm not very social. I stay around people I love only. Um, I just try to eat things I love, be kind, just do things loving. Well, well, I know that in one of the videos I watched, one of the 100 plus, uh, you, you, met, <laughs> you, you mentioned how, yeah, you're not a very social guy and you know, you love hanging around your, your mother and your son, right? And you're like, man, I, this is, I just dig it. I love it. And I think that's so cool. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I love being around my my family, my my mom, my dad, and all that. Um, but that's cool. So I would. So are you not married? Are you single? I uh, I have a girlfriend, so I'll spend time with her as well. I love being around her. Um, not married, no. Uh, just yeah, just I I even live with my family now. So I lived away from them for a long time, 
And then I realized, like, I thought about it. I was like, if I stay on this schedule, I might only talk to my mom and see my mom a hundred times more in my life. So I, I live, I live with my mom, my sister. I live, I live with my family. I'm very blessed. I get, I get to live with everyone I love. Wow. And where do you live? In Long Island. So I live in Long Island, New York. Uh huh. You like, you like New York? I'd like to be somewhere warmer. I don't do very, very well in the winter. So I love it in the summer. I'm halfway between Manhattan and the Hamptons. So it's beautiful, beautiful beaches. It's a yeah. good place. Yeah. I'd like to be somewhere warmer though. Yeah. I don't, I don't sense a, maybe like a, a typical New York accent. No, no. Every, everyone thinks I'm from California. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. All right. So when you are working out the way you work out, or flowing, or meditating, whatever we, let's call it flow state. It, I, I, I look at you and what you're doing, and I'm like, ouch, like my shoulder wants to go out on me, or I'm getting a strain in my neck, uh, or, you know, um, I get a little tear in one of, in one of my, my abs, right? Mm. So what do you do to prevent injury? Or if, if you get injured, what do you do to, to heal? Um, I, I essentially accept injury. <laughs> it's it's a part of it. Uh, luckily, from grappling, it's it's not near it's not nearly as bad as grappling was. Grappling was just a litany of endless amounts of injuries because people are attacking your joints. So I have tons of existing injuries from that. Um, but yeah, like certain things are bad. Like for instance, my left hand from all the one arm handstands. I I haven't felt my pinky essentially in two years, and it just it just doesn't matter. Um, I, I think, I think really, I think loving what you do and being obsessed with it in a sense is a limitless drug. So it, it just gives you abilities to persevere through things like I'm in pain, but I just don't care. Like to me, when I'm in pain, it just means that I've been able to do what I love and that I'm, I'm still going. So, I mean, I also work out seven days a week. And, and, and do you have an average time that you work out or does it just depend upon how your mood is that day however long my body will allow me that day wow. so i'll just i every day that i do something i want to do something i've never done before so it's always my job to figure out a way to do something i've never done before today i was uh holding a one-arm handstand and throwing and catching a 10-pound dumbbell while holding <laughs> the one-arm hand. <laughs> just 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 for some fun stuff with my bros so uh, just to do some challenges but that was fun so i never did that before today tried it and took me a lot of a lot of tries and i finally got it so whatever i can do for the day so i i didn't have the endurance to do like complex flows that day but i i had some meathead strength so i was i was able to mess around that way whatever my body will allow i'm just grateful for and i'll do now where do you do most of your workouts? Are you a member of a gym or do you have a, a private place you go? Yes. Uh, Lifetime Fitness, occasionally friends gyms, but not as much anymore. Uh, and then in the summer, I'm just anywhere I can be outside. I'll just find places I love outside. Um, for what I do, especially for human flag stuff, playgrounds. So I'll look for uh, empty playgrounds where there's never any people around or anything like that. So I could just I'm, I'm, I try to be cautious of putting people in my videos and I don't want to be, so I'll, I'll, playgrounds are great. They have, they have great workout equipment. If you can find one that's doesn't have a lot of people around or just anywhere beautiful. And unfortunately when it's cold out, I'm, I'm a wimp in anything under 70 degree Fahrenheit. So if it's under, if it's under 70, I'm inside and I'll, I'll usually be at lifetime. Well, that's what happens when you got 3% body fat. 
Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. I don't know if it's it's it's, it's down there though, and it. I get cold. I get really really cold. My finger. My fingers go numb at like sixty five. Now I can't even tell you how cool I think it would be to be Raymond for a day and to be able to do what you do. Go into one of these gyms and 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 knock you know one of these one 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 armed handstands out where I'm you know, doing my feet and all kinds of weird, you know, stepping positions. And then people come up to me and they go, Oh my God. I mean, what kind of comments do you get from people? It, it, it really runs all over the place. It's, it's always very positive. Always, always a lot of, uh, always a lot of respect. So it's, it's, I'm really, I'm really grateful. People are very kind and gracious to me and then you know i i do it a lot and it's kind of like the, the magician doing the trick over and over again i think i just like annoy people with my antics doing that a little i don't i don't even know but yeah people are very people are very uh loving and very very kind i mean do you ever have anybody come up to you and say hey can you teach me how to do like a, a particular move uh-huh I'll, I'll usually if somebody asks me i'll usually spend like even an hour two hours invite them to work out with me whatever i'm very I, like it, my Instagram originally was all just giving away tutorials and trying to teach people. I, you know, I just, if any, if I can help anyone kind of transcend where they're at and do stuff that they didn't think was possible, I, I'm just endlessly gracious. So, you know, I, no, no money, no anything. I'm just a, I guess I'm just a crazy hippie who wants to spread, spread any type of greatness that I can to people. It's a beautiful thing. So one of your other, one of your life philosophies is to make it challenging. And I think that you've succeeded in that one. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes. And, but why, what, where did that birth from? Why are you so enamored with making something challenging? What's wrong, Raymond, with taking the easy way? <laughs> I mean, it, it really, it's, I just, it's, if it's, if it's complex, it's worth doing. I don't know. Just, there's something, there's something beautiful about unfolding or putting together a complex puzzle, doing something that's incredibly challenging, doing anything that you think is impossible at first and then figuring it out and then making it easy eventually. And then once it becomes easy, making it your own and then just exploring all the possibilities that you can explore because everything's essentially just a human system. So if, if I really want to enjoy the most out of my humanity, I got to look, I, I have to at least look for the most, the most complex of human systems to try give my time to. So that's, that's basically it. You certainly have. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and just, I wrote down in one of the 100 plus videos I watched, you basically said hell, in your opinion, hell is getting everything that you want in this world without working for it or earning. Yes. So uh, I'll, I'll go into that. All right. So my, my take on it is God or whatever I feel called to, whatever is calling me to do the things. I, I believe that I know it's going to be difficult. I know anything that, that I want is going to be incredible sacrifice, but I, I believe that at least my God gives me the strength to endure what I'm here to do and the things that will matter to me and the things that will bring me my version of heaven while I'm alive. And I think, I think I, I view the devil as like the devil's bargain is it just gives you things that you fear you need. So I don't believe in free will. I believe I'm here to do whatever makes time go away from me and then just go as deep into it as I possibly can. Whatever, whatever I feel called to do, I feel that's what I'm here to do. And the, I feel when I used to be, think I was in control and 
try to do things because I thought I needed to do them or I was I was I thought it would make me cool or this that the other thing really it would just always blow up in my face because yeah I'd get the result in the beginning but then the result would never turn out to be what I wanted it's the classic devil's bargain where mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, just, I don't want that I mean my my worst nightmare would be to like if if heaven was real I like it would be horrible I would like love matters because i can lose my loved ones that vulnerability is what matters most i want the vulnerability so like appearing in like some magical place where no one ever dies and you have everything you want that's that's my definition of hell there's no vulnerability anymore like mm -hmm. where where's the love where's the pet mm -hmm. where's the purpose it's just it's like playing a game like playing a video game on cheat mode where you can't lose you can't do, there's no fun in that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well you Again, in one of your videos, you mentioned like, am I, is this heaven? Is this heaven like, like now? Is this the afterlife? Because it, you know, this is kind of what I would like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love, I have people I absolutely adore. I do what I love. Um, yeah. And there's, of course, consequences to my actions. There's incredible difficulties I'll go, I'll go through. But that's, that's beautiful, like getting through those difficult times, getting through these things. You know, when I am injured, it'll force me to work on something that maybe I've been neglecting, maybe find something that I never would have looked at. And all, I, I, don't, I don't see things as good and bad. I just see them as they're just things. They're, they're all gifts. They're all meant to be experienced. So yeah, I just enjoy. So when you look at your, I'm going all over the map here because I, this is just like, so I find, I find you to be an absolutely fascinating human being. I'm, <laughs> so, I'm truly so, honored. Thank yeah. you. So when I, when you look at your body, is there, do you, do you find that there's a part of your body that is a weakness that you're trying to strengthen? My elbows are so damaged from my grappling career, from all the arm bar pops. And uh, my knees, I have uh, torn meniscuses in both my knees, Every, everything. There's there's no part of my body that I, because I, the body, I use my body as a unit. Mm -hmm. So everything from neck to when I'm in handstand uh, doing one arm balances and stuff like that, people always ask, like, what's what are you mostly using in balance? little flaps of the ankles and trying to curl my big toe under like down to the down to the toes everything has to be engaged yeah it's it is incredible again i'm going to come back to the body awareness that you have when you're doing your flags when you're doing your one arms i mean it is absolutely and i use this word with the greatest amount of respect it is sickening thank you <laughs> I, I appreciate that <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, all right, we'll circle back to this. So you mentioned you mentioned that you um, do. You, so do you like to say you're plant based? You're vegan? What? What? How do you identify? Um, I don't really know how to identify. Like I, plant based, vegan. Uh, I, I I don't even view it as a diet necessarily. I just I view it as a commandment from my God. I just I'm not allowed to eat. Any, I'm not allowed to eat animals. I'm not allowed to eat suffering. I don't want anything in my microbiome. I don't want species in my microbiome causing me to do things that I disagree with. I, I just don't want to consume anything that died. I don't want to consume any sentient being that died. And I don't want anything within me that craves that. I don't want my microbiome releasing toxins and neurotransmitters craving those things. So to me, I don't even see it as a diet. Um, so what, whatever people want to identify me as I'm, I'm fine with.
Right. All right. So I'm going to identify you as plant strong because I yeah, like, I like, strong. I, yeah. So I like that. I like that better, honestly. Okay. okay. It's a better version. So you're a plant strong man. And so what is that like when you're going to, what, what time is it where you are right now? Is it about it's, four? It's four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Yes. So have you eaten yet today? No. Okay. So when you decide to eat, do you know what you're going to eat or are you going to go into the kitchen and, and whip something up? And what does that look like? I'm going to go into the kitchen and whip something up. Normally, as I said, I live with my family. My mom and my sister are culinary wizards. So <sighs> usually I, I, I'm, I'm very lucky. That's I'm, why you moved in with them. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, very, I, I just adore them. But yeah, it, it is a beautiful perk. And they're, I mean, my mom is an absolute genius. We, we, we should definitely talk about her later. She's got a beautiful garden. Most of the food is homegrown. Um, uh, while while they're away, I'm just going to be making making myself some food. So as much as I could eat, primarily carbohydrates, I'd say I'd say I mainly only focus on carbohydrates. Probably just a little bit of protein, fats, whatever. But carbohydrates are my main focus. I'll I'll probably eat about like 80 percent or more carbohydrates. Well, it's perfect. I mean, eighty percent carb, maybe ten percent fat, ten percent protein. You're that's yeah. Perfect. Like if I eat 60, 80 grams of protein a day, I'm lucky. So like a lot of, a lot of, I have a lot of younger meathead friends and they, they think it's wild how little protein I eat. Well, and, and again, for people, if you haven't gone and watched any of his videos, you have not been behaving. Thank <laughs> you. you. Thank but, you, Rip. But you'll see how absolutely shredded Raymond is. I mean, his biceps, his 18 pack, uh, <laughs> and the list, the list goes goes on and on and on. Um, so, you know, you're obviously, you, you work out as hard as anyone on the planet and you're getting all the protein and all the nutrients you need to basically recover and repair yourself. So that's, that's pretty kick-ass. Yeah. I mean, I feel again, seven days a week, I'm 40 years old, so you can, you can just keep going. I mean, it, it, it just, you, you will repair. We need amino acids. We get plenty of it. I guess, I guess really though, what it boils down to is you should really just eat however you feel most vibrant and most, most alive. And I feel most alive this way. So I don't, I don't worry about my nutritional content. I just, I eat the way that will make me feel most alive. And I just assume it's doing, doing its best for me. I, I assume it's doing its job. Yeah. What about, I mean, so do you have, are you enamored with fruits or vegetables? I know you say it's carbohydrate, but like, can we dial in a little bit like are you a huge fan of bananas or like, you know, kiwis or grapefruits or kiwis? The only food on the planet I'm allergic to. <laughs> I do love them though, but I can't eat them. What happens? Your tongue swell up? No, it's the weirdest thing. I feel like I have this metallic secretion coming from behind my molars. It's not even that big of a deal, but I basically just sit there like, <laughs> it's, it's just really awkward and terrible. But yeah, I mean, Pretty much anything that isn't eggplant or portobello mushrooms, I, I kind of enjoy. I hate all the the vegan staples, all the and uh, that's that's pretty much. I, I love everything. I don't pretty much everything. You know what? It's so funny you mentioned those two things. And anybody that is a longtime listener of the Plant Strong podcast knows <laughs> I I cannot stand eggplant. Have 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 yet to meet an eggplant that I like. <laughs> One million percent. I hate, and the 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 fact that people used to try pass off like eggplants and portobello mushrooms as a like a steak sandwich or a hamburger. It's like 
this is why people are mad at you. What are you doing? This, this is this is not even food. This is disgusting. Exactly. And then portobello mushrooms, mushrooms in general, I, they have to be prepared just right. Meaning, meaning like on the grill, all the all the water, like just like suck dry. Like Derek Sarnow, I don't know if you know Derek Sarnow. He's a he's just a master, uh, world class uh, plant based chef, and he does a number where he'll put his mushrooms on a in a cast iron skillet and then put another cast iron skillet on top and just press the dickens out of that thing. That's smart. Yeah. Now that that I love, like shiitakes, I love most of them, but portobello <laughs> mushrooms are just these big, soaking wet, awful. <laughs> they're awful. No. They're, everything about them is awful. Yes. But it, but I will say I've had portobellos that, you know, when you wring them dry, and you put the right seasoning on them, they can work. They can I've had portobello work. jerky. Portobello jerky was delightful. And I was like, okay, okay. I've eaten my words. Delicious. But, oh, prepared portobellos is, I, I, I've yet to experience. What about beans and grains? Yes, I eat a, I eat a ton of beans, grains, everything grain-wise. Uh, you know, rices, pastas, breads, anything I can get grain-wise, cereals, anything. Uh, beans, I love beans, anything bean-related. Beans are fantastic. Uh, my main staples are tofu, seitan, and beans. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you uh, send you a bunch of cereal. Rip's big bowl cereal. Oh my god! I, thank you. <laughs> be, oh my oh, god! Yeah. So thank right, you. We'll, we'll knock your I would love that. With uh, I would love that. Oh yeah. Well, you have to let me know what you think. Absolutely. Um, what about tofu? Because I I know in with your mother, there's a little bit of a connection there with a with a, a tofu. You like tofu? I've been eating tofu since the day I was born. Uh, my 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 uncle Robert Bergwall, he's he started Nasoya back in the seventies. My mom, my mom was making tofu ice cream, tofu cheesecake, tofu mayonnaise, all all the tofu things before there was even tofu in the supermarkets. Like back then, you could only go to you you'd go to Asian districts, like you could go to Chinatown in Manhattan and get buckets of bean curd. But the modern tofu. The way it exists now, it's it's crazy. It's just I grew up on this. It's tofu has been my life since the day I was born. Yeah. Do you have a favorite way of preparing tofu? Absolutely. The way my mom makes it. it's just um, a, a mixture of uh, soy sauce, Dijon mustard, and just pan fry it till it's crispy, like thin pan yeah. fried. It's delicious. I mean, nasoya is probably one of the, the the best known and number one tofu brands yes. i don't know about the world but at least the united states yes uh yeah so my mom my mom was the one who got it into all the stores on the east coast back in the very early 80s before i was born she's going to food demos and everything with me in her stomach so uh, i was i was on that journey and in, inside inside my mother wow so that um so that obviously influenced you as far as you know how you eat have you did you ever eat animal products or have you yeah, been? Yeah, un unfortunately I did. Uh, we, we ate very, very normal in, in a sense that we did eat like, you know, chicken. We didn't eat very much red meat or anything like that. Um, but, you know, th but then there would be a lot of seaweeds, a lot of uh, unique health foods, especially health foods at the time because this, this was the early 80s. You know, back then, uh, you know, I was growing up, I was born in 82. So all of the early 80s, I was eating these foods that really didn't become like, mainstream even knowledge until i guess the later 90s where it started like catching on more popularity yeah yeah well when did you take the like the full dive into like no no animal no no dairy 
So I, I always knew that I was wrong, but I, you know, I was just that conventional wisdom. I was trapped in in my th in the thinking paradigms of the time. And then when I was my early twenties, I started exploring uh, vegetarianism. So I was like on and off with vegetarianism from like late teens into about 13 years with breaks in between. And basically eggs would always make me fall off the wagon because I, I always really loved eggs. And um, I just didn't want to eat animals anymore. And then as I'd eat eggs, it would just, it would become a slippery slope where I'd, I'd make, I'd make more, you know, then I'd be like, oh, maybe I'll put some milk in my coffee. And then like, oh, maybe I'll get an egg sandwich and there'd be cheese on them, eh, whatever. And then eventually like accidentally someone will put bacon on it or something. I'd be like, oh, I accidentally ate it and then it'd fall off. So then it was eight years ago where I was just like, I, I don't ever want an animal in my body ever again. So I, the only way to do this is just to never eat an egg ever again. So what was it about eggs that you adored? I just, I like them. I just like how they taste and that's it. Yeah. It's so funny because to me, eggs, eggs are right up there with eggplant. <laughs> really? Oh, you don't like it. Yeah. So I, I, I have chickens and uh, you know, we have chickens and they lay these beautiful, and I'm just like, can't touch them. They yeah. can't even, can't even look at them. How did you like your eggs when you ate them? Uh, fried, just, just, just fried. No, no runny yolks. I think runny yolks are disgusting. Just yeah. fried over hard i guess you call that i don't i don't know the egg lingo yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't speak yeah. egg anymore I, I i don't i don't either i don't either what so one of the things i noticed in watching a lot of your your videos is um you got a very a very eclectic taste in music what tell me tell me about your music <laughs> I go all over the place with it. So I, I have a very eclectic taste in music and sometimes I'll post things that are, that are for me and that, but sometimes I'll just do things that I think will do better in a video. I, I hate when I fall into that, uh, what, what is popular or what might work better in an algorithm trap. But I usually try to th find things that, uh, that I think works well with the music. Um, what's interesting about that is I never have any music playing when I, when I'm doing the things that I do. Wow. So what, what I've had to do to make things match up really well with songs over time is I kind of had to develop a metronome in my head and tempo my music, uh, my movements, excuse me, my movements. And I, I, I know based on like whatever movement, uh, tempo I'm, I'm working on in my set. And as long as I, I flow to a specific time sequence that I could always match it up and I'll know exactly which song to use for it so a lot of times whatever i i feel like displaying will will select the music that i'll then eventually use um do you think one of the reasons that you don't have music w when you're working out is because you're having well it helps you be more in that flow state and it's a distraction no, I think the music would actually help me. Like sometimes, sometimes if I'm in a gym and there's a class going on, there'll be some music. I'm like, oh, this is good. I, I, you know, I could do better. And I actually have something to flow to. And then I'll automatically know the beat pattern or something when I upload and choose a different song. But it's, it really just boils down to I'm using my phone to film myself. So, right, right. Just, <laughs> I, I don't have anything to listen to music on. No, like, you get one of those little, you know, Bluetooth speakers in your set. <laughs> yeah, it's still got it's still got to play off my phone, and my phone is yeah, you know, filming my. I, it's it's too much effort. I don't care enough. Uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm lazy. No, <laughs> well, maybe in some aspects of your life you are. Uh, it, it is funny, I, and I know you don't ever do reps, but like, tell me this: if if I was to say Raymond. I got a hundred dollar bill here that says you can't do 50 pull-ups. Would I lose that hundred dollar bill to you? No, you'd keep that hundred dollar bill. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I can't do 50 pull-ups in, in one set. Like the the last time I did uh, a set, I I did 30 like four years ago. I, I there's no way I'd be able to do 50, and also clean. I'm not talking like these pull-ups that you see guys doing in the gym. Like you know, full range of motion, zero percent chance I'd do 50. Wow. Well, because to me, I I watch you like do your where you go over the bar and up, and I, I see you rattle off like eight of those, like it was like you were like a feather. Uh, it's, it's, it's just so different. Um, yeah. it, it just, it, I, it's so different. It really, it really is very different. And also if I'm moving quickly or there's so, there's so many different ways to make something seem more eye popping than people realize it is. There's a, there's a lot of ways to cheat reality. So you're going to have that one meal here in a couple hours. Yeah. Do you do you just eat until you're comfortably full, really full? Because it's got to last you for like 24 hours. I eat, I eat until I feel like I'm about to die. Like I, I, I really eat to the point where I don't want to eat again for 24 hours. Then I have a two-hour window after I eat where I'm just like, I feel like I, f I have no energy. I, I just literally feel horrible. And then I go back to feeling amazing about two hours later. Wow. Um so during the day before you you have your you know last meal before you die um, <laughs> <laughs> literally if you do you experience much in the way of like hunger pangs or, nah, not at all not at all that's just something that doesn't really no nah. not yeah not at all I, i'll just i'll have some black coffee tea water seltzer stuff yeah. like that are you drinking water are you drinking water during the day yeah water just black coffee tea nothing with calories in it but uh, yeah, no hunger pangs whatsoever. Okay. It's interesting because, again, in one of the videos I saw, you mentioned how you you want to eat yourself up. You you want your body to basically go into this state where it like kind of <laughs> – you just eat yourself. You eat all your proteins. You eat all your fats. You eat all your muscles up. Uh, I thought it was a very uh, – wild thought <laughs> yeah so it's, it's part of it's part of my philosophy everything with the life cycle of birth life death rebirth that's 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 how i want my day to go um that's that's how i view my nutritional process i just want to during the day i want to consume myself i want to be in a catabolic state i want to be eating my fats i want to be eating my my proteins from myself i want to consume what is left of me, consume my old form and then be born anew. You know, at the end of the day, before I go to sleep is when I'll consume my building blocks. I don't see food as fuel whatsoever. I see it as building blocks. And that's why I eat it at the end of the day. So then while I'm sleeping, my body can utilize it and mm -hmm. just rebuild me. I, I want every day to just go through that life cycle and then be born anew the next day in as much of a new form as possible. I just want to consume as much of my old self as possible, very, very much the same way with the things I've done in my life. I kind of want to replace the person who I was before those things. And as those things become me, become something new and something different and do things that I didn't enter adulthood as just think differently, just, just keep evolving as a person. And I don't, I just, I want to eat myself. And that, I mean, a lot of it's too, I also want to trigger autophagy through the fasting and just try to try to kill off as kill off as much of me as possible to then rebuild as much of myself as possible the following day and become something else. Yeah. So you just used the word autophagy. Will you explain what that is to people that don't know that word? So there's little things called autophages in our bodies that when we're in a fasted state, they'll 
particularly when you're in a facet state, other things, um, I, they will go around and just kill damaged cells. So they'll, they'll go and destroy damage within your body. So fasting is, that's what I do for nutrition and for health. So fasting is the performance hack that I've, I've always wanted my whole life. It's the most profound thing I've ever done. And um, yeah, autophagy is a beautiful benefit for just overall health, at least mm -hmm. You know, that's the placebo in my head when I'm telling myself, and it seems to work that way. And yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. How long have you been doing the one meal fasting? Uh... A little, a little less than veganism. Um, so I, I just did it intuitively when I was, it was, when I was in my teen years, just in the summer, just to look good. <laughs> and, uh, but then as, as I was in my thirties, um, and at maybe like a year or so after I went vegan, I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta bring the fasting back. That was very profound. And it just, something was telling that the internal voice was saying, bring back the fasting. And then it was just, life just got so much better and easier. Sure. There's a misery, like, you know, that the hunger pangs, that's really just your stomach clearing out. So it took, took a two weeks to a month or so to get used to the hunger pangs and just my stomach to realize, oh, it's okay. You're just empty. Like, it's not like you need fuel. It's just your stomach's empty. You literally got through step one of digestion. Um, you're good to go. So like my fear went away from that and then just got used to that and then it went away quickly. And yeah, so that, that, that was, that, that was basically the process, maybe like a year or so after going vegan. Hmm. Uh, do you consider yourself a vain person? Uh, yes and no. Um, somewhat like I, I would consider myself vain in that I'm very happy with my appearance. I, I, I love how I look. I wouldn't want to trade places with anyone. I just want to be exactly who I am. But I wouldn't say that I'm vain in that it's not it's not the purpose of why I do the things that I do. So I've done bodybuilding and stuff like that before or working out with a purpose of looking a certain way. And I find that kind of like a bottomless pit, like you're crawling around an abyss forever looking for some little little bit of sunlight entering. Because no matter what, if you're just going to like for hypertrophy to build muscle or to lose fat or just look a certain way, you could always look better. You could always be bigger. You could always just look mm. better. So there's really no vanity in what I'm doing. But in order for me to do the things I love, it does have a beautiful, a, a nice side effect of good aesthetics. I mean, I can't be that vain. I mean, I, I shave a bathroom mullet, <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> but I have chicken legs, but yeah, I, I like how I look. So they're I, vain in that I'm very happy with how I look, but not vain in that it's not my focus. It's just a beautiful side effect that I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Let me ask you this. And, and it, it may be an odd question considering that, you know, you feel like you're in heaven and, you know, you, you love everything, but would you say you're a happy person? Yes. And, and again, like all things I go through, I don't, I don't believe in emotions necessarily as anything other than the release of neurochemicals in your head and just trying to understand the chemistry of what's going on inside of me. So am I sometimes, I'm much happier and I'm much more even keeled, but yeah, of course I've gone through negativity. I've gone through depression, but I, I don't necessarily, that also makes me happy when I'm going through something bad or I'm going through hell in my life because I see heaven as the other side of crawling through hell. So while it might not be pleasant for me, I see it as a beautiful opportunity to then be more of what I want to be and, and get to a place where I, I am happy. But yeah, happiness also isn't good because then there's just that you get jaded by it or I get jaded by it. And 
So, so I want that cycle. I want the highs. I want the lows. You know, highs, lows, highs, lows. And uh, I'm I'm happy that I'm alive and experiencing them. And I'm very happy that I'm I see them from a place not of like, oh, why is this happening to me? But like, yes, this is happening to me. Now I get to have fun and and conquer this and do this. I think you're. I'm really impressed at how masterful you are at at articulating these deep emotions that we as human beings kind of go through but i don't think i don't think many of us give it enough thought to really be able to explain it in a way that you have on a myriad number of different topics here today so i appreciate that thank, thank you thank you yeah I, I i mean i'm sure same with you it's 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 a learned skill communication speaking i'm i'm sure you've gotten so much better o- over your beautiful career and you know i've i've practiced i've I, and it's really all i focus on so <laughs> these are all the things i think about all the time so and i don't have a tv so there's that so i don't have a tv so i could just study the tv in my head so if you don't, I, I find that to be really remarkable. You don't have a TV. There's, is that because you don't have a TV or there's no TV in, in, your, in the house that you're in right oh, now? Oh, no, there's, there's TV. I, I don't have a TV because I think it's mental poison and uh, I don't want to be programmed. I don't, I don't want, I, I, I don't want to watch others succeeding. I like, I want to see the people I love and the people I care about. I love watching others succeeding, but I don't want to see it in this fake Hollywood way. I don't want the news entering my mind. I, I just, I don't want people's spins on things. I want to, I want to, I want my life to be my own and my thoughts to be my own. I don't want to watch Hollywood movie or something with their CGI effects and all the nonsense with people pretending to be others. I just, I want to watch my life and the people I care about going through that journey, that, that, you know, that rise to power, that ascension process. I want to watch that in real time. I want to see things without the special effects. I want to do things without the special effects. I want to formulate my own opinions, my own judgments on things, and not just have some talking head trying to convince me of complex world issues in about 30 seconds. (laughs) Uh, So you haven't seen Avatar. I I have seen Avatar. I stopped watching TV uh, about five, five, six years ago. So I've seen Avatar. Gotcha. So you didn't see the Giants play this last weekend? No, God, no. no. <laughs> Even as an athlete, I don't, I don't, I don't watch sports. I've never watched sports. Even when in, I can't, I just, I can't watch the sports that I do. I play sports, but I can't watch them. Right. But so, does that mean that you like? Do you have a computer? Do you ever watch YouTube or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I, I like, like, I like watching individuals so i do like hearing individuals thoughts i love i I love the interactive aspect too too i don't like people being placed on pedestals i like approachability i i I like that you know if i could do things on social media and if i respect someone i can connect with them and also often there's like that mutual respect and have honest conversations will learn from people that i respect rather than people who are just placed in front of you and then you're try they try to lure you into respecting them or looking up to them they you know the the fake the whole all the glitz and gla- the glamour truly the definition of the word glamour that that fake you know that that fake seduction that is going on within our minds that that they're they're luring us in with i don't like that so i do like i do like independently produced things i like i like things directly from a human being yeah yeah with nothing no middleman no no hollywood uh puppet masters none of that so, so your nickname is the nude nick right yes, yes what what in the world does that mean and why why have you taken that on okay so it is a it, it is a misspelling of the yiddish term nudnik 
which means boring pest. And it's kind of like an inside joke that I like to play on people where I'm, I, I think I'm a boring pest. I talk about like consciousness and calisthenics and, and I'm, I'm, this is what I obsess about. Like, I can't talk to people about like what's going on in culture or like the Kardashians or whatever. So I'm a boring pest. I'm, I'm the guy who's, if I see someone doing like a calisthenic exercise and go up to them and talk to them and I'm, I just, I think this is, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a joke about exactly who you see here. And also I figured it would be funny and people would think like the Nick calisthenics that would think they would think that. And then it's also great because people think my name is Nick and I like having an alias and being separated from who I really am. That's awesome. Let me ask you this. If you had to be any bagel, what bagel would you be? Everything bagel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, just for context here, you've got, I think it might be a TikTok video where you're there and I think somebody else's voice says something like, well, I don't, what, you know it better than I do. <laughs> Which one? you've got a, it's a video and it's just like, if you had to be a bagel, a bagel, uh, what bagel would you be? Something like that. Oh, oh, they, oh yeah. That that was just some trend that was going around and I was just like, I, th I thought it was funny cause I got probably the worst thing I could have got. So I was like, okay, there we go. Share <laughs> it. But, but yeah, it would definitely be an everything bagel. Do you have any mentors or do you not believe in mentors? I wish I did, but no, I'm always, I've always been self-taught at everything I do. But what I do have is I have people who inspire me um, and who, uh, who j I, I have people who I'm inspired by and, and that, I, that I love and I look up to. Uh, for instance, like one of my good friends on social media, Z Black Turbo, we do very different things, but he inspires me because he works out every day. We have very similar mindset. We're very um, open and engaging with people. So I have people who inspire me greatly. And that's what I look for. And I, I really try to befriend my heroes and my inspirations and try to let them know what they mean to me. And uh, but yeah, unfortunately, I, w I wish I wish I had teachers. But then again, I also don't because I, I don't have mentors and I get to figure it out for myself and I guess be exactly who I am instead of being in someone else's shadow, I guess. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's I guess it's a double edged sword not to have mentors. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, I'm looking at you and I'm seeing you're wearing a, a necklace. It looks pretty, pretty uh, kind of unique. What can you tell me about that? Uh, the only thing that's necessarily uh, special to me is this was uh, my grandma's feather. This is like three different chains from, I guess, the 1800s. They're just brass chains. And these are just little trinkets that uh, my, the mother of my son got while she was going around the world. She's a, uh, she's a well-known jewelry designer and she specializes in um antique charms and things like that so it's just a, a cool unique piece that you know it's it's basically not worth anything but there's nothing else that anyone has like it so it's just special to me tell me this i i noticed when you're working out you wear really comfortable clothing like what what's what do you like in the way of shoes socks you know workout pants you know a, a nice little you know t-shirt Okay, so I'll usually wear as little of a tank top as possible. If I have to wear a tank top, I prefer to wear no shirt whatsoever. Um, my pants, uh, recently I started wearing uh, pants from Born Primitive. Uh, they're a sponsor of mine. They gave me some pants, and they're amazing, so I, I adore them. So Born Primitive, thank you very much. Um, I always worked out barefoot and did this barefoot forever and then recently uh, uh vivo vivo barefoot started a, a relationship with me and they they gave me some sneakers and i absolutely adore them so i've been working on vivos recently hmm. 
Are they, um, so are they uh, like pretty thin? Cause they look like they're lightweight. Very, very lightweight. Um, maybe they weigh a half a pound at most. And th why I love them is they're the first shoe that doesn't throw off my flow patterns. Um, they just, I, I feel like I'm wearing nothing and I feel like they don't alter my flow in any way. That's why I never wanted to wear shoes. There is an ongoing joke with uh, people that I'm close to in the calisthenics community where we call sneakers ankle weights. Uh -huh. So yeah, just, yeah, the Vivos are the first shoes that I ever enjoyed also they look nice so like I, I like them i like them stylistically and i love how they feel so as of if you asked me this uh a week a week and a half ago i would have said I, I only work out barefoot well we'll have to put those in the show notes both both the vivo and what was it born primitive yeah born primitive they've they, yeah I, they gave me pants and i absolutely adore them they're wonderful pants they're very comfortable but yeah before that just yeah bathing suits, any, anything, you know, strange, strange patterns on bathing suits, just, just whatever I like, whatever I feel comfortable in. Yeah. Raymond, um, I, I just, I got to say that this has exceeded all of my ex expectations. You are, you, one of your philosophies is don't replicate, you know, be uniquely yourself. Yes. And, and you have, mastered that i mean truly i have found this to be such a a fascinating conversation with somebody that you know goes by his own drumbeat and follows his own path and i think that's one of the things to me that that makes you so special and magical and, and is allowing you to live this lucid fantastic dream that you're dreaming thank you i really appreciate that thank you yeah is there is there anything that else that you'd like to say um before we wrap things up yeah so, so i'd like to i'd like to thank some people that really were like in, inspirational to me in, in veganism like particularly like one of the main ones that helped me get go vegan is uh my friend frank madrano who i'm very blessed to be friends with now he he was a major influence to me he was he was one of the first that got me into that uh you know just seeing what he was doing be like oh i could do uh, if he could do this then that's 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 great i you know like he, he's strong he's doing all this as a vegan so that was like my my first main inspiration in veganism i definitely have to thank uh mark liebert uh of liebert fitness the inventor of the uh, just dear dear friend of mine and I, I couldn't do it without him and and also, I, I really want to thank David Weck, the inventor of the Bosu ball. The, I mean, I I don't know what I'd do without the Bosu ball. He's also a dear friend of mine. I, like, I I'm so grateful to to those three, particularly in in terms of what I do. I'm very very grateful grateful for their influence and uh, their inspiration, and also the path that they've led before me. Because without Frank's you know, trail in veganism with calisthenics and bodyweight exercises, that was a major inspiration to me. And Mark with the equalizers and David with the, the BOSU are just, I, I adore them. I really, tell people, really. Tell people that don't know what is a BOSU ball. BOSU ball is the thing that I always do my handstands on. It's the uh, the blue disc you see in every gym. It's like the blue uh, inflatable disc with the flat platform on the top so i do all my handstands on top of that and what i love most about that is it really so every everything that i focus on in handstands and uh flags is really scapula strength and the ability to elevate the scapula up like this and and really the bosu supercharges scapula strength so the bosu is so essential to my shoulder health and then really the equalizer is just like the portable p bars um and they're they're 
I just, I adore them. I, I really, they, they're, they're in everything I do. Cause I, use, the things that I, I support and that I talk about, I use them every day and I adore them and I love them so much. You mentioned Frank uh, Madrano. It's interesting because I was going to ask you about Frank, but then I was like, nah, he, you know, he's, he's not into Frank or I mean, he didn't have any, but, but, but cause, cause you know, I would watch Frank, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago where, you know, he would be doing stuff and you're like, what? Like a lot of it's on a bar, right? But he's doing stuff like, you know, and you're going, that is insane. And I was going to say so much of what you do reminds me of Frank. It's really, it's really wild. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I followed in his path and then branched off on my own, but I'm, I'm so grateful and honored to call him a friend. And I seriously, I, I, I thank him so much for the, for the path that he laid before me because he was a major inspiration in seeing what he had done and being like, if he can do it, then that means I can do it and I can be healthy with the, with veganism and I can finally get rid of all, get rid of the eggs and get rid of um, the worry of ever going back to meat. So I, I really owe him a tremendous debt of gratitude. Yeah. You know, right before we, we came on today, I, I've got a pull-up bar um, out in the garage and I was, I was doing a couple of pull-ups and I followed something that you said, which was when you're doing a pull-up, just focus on bringing your elbows to your chest. To the, yeah, to the ribs. Yes, yes. Yeah, to the ribs. And it's incredible to me, just that small little hint and visualizing that made it that much more efficient and effective. That's the beauty of so many things that, that people think these things are impossible, but they're, they're really not once you understand. It's just little, little hacks. Little hacks will make all the difference. Like, like I said, like the, the, the main thing I do when I'm doing one-arm handstands is I'm worried about like how my ankles are that that's my main focal point is my ankles yeah certain little things like that i mean i mean just something when you're on the rings just understanding where your elbows are it just the tiniest things make the most profound differences yeah well and, and i can relate to that just you know from so i'm a big swimmer and i have been and i swim every morning and and i have some i have some sessions where i am like literally raymond feel like i am flying through the water effortlessly right and i'm and i try and like scan my whole body and figure out what's going on so that i don't lose this right yes and then it seems to be unfortunately very elusive and i'll have it for a couple days and and then it's not there and i find it to be so frustrating if there's a way to film yourself it would be profound what would like if you can feel it, it, cause it's crazy. The smallest little things in the way we use our body will create magic. It, it really will. Like I'm sh I'm sure your form is just perfect. Cause I don't know. I'm, I'm a lot weaker than I used to be. Like I'm not as strong as I was in my early thirties, but I just, I can control more. I'm more aware of these things and just the slightest things. It just, it, re it really is mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rip, well, thank you. Yeah, Seriously. You have blown my mind. And uh, I think that you're going to expand a lot of people's minds with your, with what you do and your fantastic philosophy on, on life. So thank you. And I, I really hope to, uh, to meet you someday. Yeah, I, I hope to, too. I, I definitely want to get more involved in the vegan community and get out there a little bit more and just just give back because veganism's given so much to me getting all this cruelty out of my life so thank you and it would be an honor to me it's an honor to talk to you you were also you were also a large inspiration for me when i was uh, entering into the vegan world so thank you so much
Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. Hey, give me a plant strong fist bump. Thank, thank you. you. And that's what I am now. I'm plant strong. So thank you, Rip. Thank you for giving me a better way to describe this. I like that. Thank you. Yes. I think you'll agree with me. That was truly remarkable. And yes, we may never be able to do the <laughs> the gravity-defying moves that Raymond can do, but the lesson from this podcast to me is always surround yourself with the people and the things that bring you light, love, and joy. I mean, what more could you want in this life, right? Okay, my cruciferous cousins, thanks so much for listening. Uh, make sure that you visit the episode page at planstrongpodcast.com to see some of Raymond's workout demos. In the meantime, until next time, take care of yourself and always keep it plant strong. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.